Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to The Sports Message. I am your host, Jason Cox, coming to you uh, live in the bunker. Well, not live for you, live for me from the bunker. Uh, I am flying solo again uh, today as uh, I couldn't get anybody to join me. Cam is still working. I uh, never heard from Matt Panky, so uh, I guess he was tied up today. And uh, so it's me. It's me, it's me, it's Cletus T today. So uh, we're going to have a short show for you today. Uh, not a, This is probably, <clears throat> you get into this time of year and you have the least amount of, of sports going on. It's probably uh, any other time of the year. So not as much to talk about today, uh, but we'll hit on what we have. And so uh, without further ado, let's get started. Uh, as we speak, the Braves are currently playing. Uh, they are playing the Toronto Blue Jays, who have absolutely been their nemesis. They are 0-5 against the Blue Jays this season. So hopefully this will end the series with them and uh, uh, we will move on and not see them again until the playoffs. Uh, when I was preparing for the show, the Braves were up 2-1. to But as I check the score now, the Blue Jays are up 3-2. to So it looks like uh, they just scored a couple of runs to take a 3-2 to lead over our beloved Braves. And so they continue to kind of struggle with that. Uh, let's see who was pitching. Um, let me get that real quick. Uh, uh, Charlie Morton uh, had thrown four innings before I started the podcast and he'd only given up one run, but he got in trouble this inning and gave up the other two runs. So now Jacob Webb is now in pitching. So Charlie seemed to uh, have a pretty good outing going until he hit the fourth inning. Uh, okay, uh, the, currently the Braves are in third place in the National League East. They're three and a half games behind the New York Metropolitans. Um, and, and it is the same story we talked about last week. It's a story of inconsistency. Uh, they'll win a few games in a row, and then they'll lose a few games. And right now, uh, they're, they've lost the last two to the Blue Jays, uh, in danger of dropping the third. They're 17-19 overall. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, the Blue Jays just seem to be our kryptonite for whatever reason they've got a good ball club that's for sure uh but uh they do seem to be our kryptonite the braves are five and five in their last ten and so you know if they can continue to kind of hang around that number uh you know until the all-star break they're 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 fine they're they're in just fine shape they're certainly a team that can make a run uh given the right time and so they just kind of have to hang in there uh the story of the season so far i would say is is um the the starting pitching has been um solid not great it's been solid um Max Freed and uh, uh, Bryce Wilson through the last couple of days in the losses to the Blue Jays. Freed threw six innings and only gave up one earned run. Bryce Wilson threw six innings and only gave up two earned runs. And so they did what they needed to do uh, to, to win those ball games. But, again, uh, the Braves are in. They have the bullpen blues. Uh, having that dominant bullpen last year, having uh, some guys get away from us and, and through free agency. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, and so they've just really struggled uh, the, this whole season with their bullpen. Uh, we do seem to have some help coming. Chris Martin has just come off of the disabled list. Uh, Shane Green that we've been talking about for months now <clears throat> finally decided he wanted to pitch and that he wasn't going to uh, uh, charge the Braves or anybody else a fortune for his services. And so he's been re-signed as of this past week, which is a huge pickup for that bullpen. He is currently in a, running a minor league stint, getting his arm back in shape, getting himself in game, game ready. 
and so hopefully uh, Chris Martin coming off the DL, Shane Green coming back, uh, that's going to sure up that bullpen a whole lot for sure. And the guys like Luke Jackson, he's actually done a pretty good job. He's got an ERA blow too, uh, but but Luke Jackson's not the guy you want in there in the seventh or eighth inning with high leverage uh, situations. He's just not. Uh, if he's a sixth inning uh, innings eater guy, then absolutely that's his place. But but he, he's not a guy you want in there with uh, uh, the game on the line. Give me Chris Martin. Give me Shane Green. Give me Will Smith. Um, we want those guys in those situations. So uh, we got some bad news yesterday on the Mike Scirocco front. Uh, Mike, uh, of course, he blew out his Achilles last, uh, I believe that was August. Uh, it, his comeback had been going so well until he had some uh, some some shoulder issues, just some soreness in his shoulder, and they just shut the whole thing down because he's had shoulder surgery before. Uh, and so he was getting back to throwing, not doing any pitching. He's been getting back to throwing. Um, and uh, he turned up, and, and just something wasn't right with that Achilles. And so they've shut him down again. He's going in for exploratory surgery, and, and the prognosis is just unknown at this point. Um, you know, I just can't see Soroka at this point. I can't see him being back uh, this year. Uh, it just seems to, to be bad news after bad news with him. And if it means we shut him down for the rest of the year, let that body heal up. Uh, that Listen, I've said it before on the show, that guy is a workhorse. We need him healthy, and even if it takes till this time next year to get him back healthy, we need that to happen because that guy uh, was he all, an all-star in 2019. Uh, he was... Uh, second in the uh, rookie of the year voting that year he was like sixth for the Cy Young as a rookie uh, the guy can pitch and and we need a guy like that he is a he, he's a true ace um, he's an ace in the hole and and outside of him um, you know Freed I, I don't know for Freed Freed's a great number two uh, maybe he's a number one but he's a great number two uh, Ian Anderson you know he's still really young uh, we'll see. He might become an ace in a hole, but he's not there yet. Uh, I like I like where his career is heading. So Soroka is the guy we need back. So so keep an eye on that. Bad news uh, from the Soroka camp. So uh, uh, let's, let's we'll keep our eye on him and see where that goes. Um, the uh, to me the overall biggest disappointment for the Braves this season uh, has been AJ Mentor. Uh, Mentor was a guy that uh, when we let Mark Melanson walk and go to San Francisco or San Diego, wherever he went out west, for like three million dollars. They they had to be banking on Mentor stepping up, being able to take on some of those high leverage late inning situations, and he's just not. Uh, he blew the game a couple days ago. Um, he he's got an ERA over four, uh, and as good as he was last year, uh, he's been equally that bad this year. Uh, and you see that pretty often. You see guys that when they pitch in the sixth inning or seventh inning with not too much on the line, sometimes they can they can be pretty dominant. But you put them in high leverage situations and they just can't get it done. And so that's my biggest disappointment this year is Melanson. Or not Melanson. Uh, is mentor uh, we need him to turn it around because for our bullpen to be really really solid uh, we need a guy like mentor to take Mark Melanson's spot maybe not as a closer uh, but but certainly in one of those top four positions uh, out of that bullpen uh, switching gears to the hitting side of things, uh, Ronald Acuna continues to lead the majors. Uh, in fact, today's game, he hit his 12th home run. So he's leading the majors with 12 home runs off to a great start. Of course, he missed a few days with injury. Um, 
And we could get into that. We could talk about him getting hit and plunked last week by the Phillies. Uh, and the Braves turned around the next day and hit JT Real Muto. And that was pretty much the end of it. No more talk. Uh, the game went on, and it was just, you know, that was it. Uh, Acuna uh, had been protected. The Phillies got the message. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, the rest of the National League will pay attention to that. If you come inside, you better not hit him. And if you do, we're going to hit you back. So just know it's coming. Uh, Freddie Freeman has uh, he, he's off to a really slow start, but the guy's got nine home runs. So even though his batting average is just over two hundred, it's two thirteen going into today's game. I don't I don't know how slow of a start you can call that when the guy's already hit nine home runs and uh, the the Major League Baseball leading home run hitters got twelve. So uh, Freddie's Freddie's getting it done. His batting average is not great, but his power numbers are off the charts. Uh, Marcelo Zuna is starting to warm up a little bit. His his batting average. Is is 204, but he's got five home runs. He's got 21 RBIs, which is second on the team to Acuna with RBIs. I think Acuna's at 23. So he's driving runs. He's doing his job. Um, but that batting average uh, just isn't quite there yet, but it's better than it was. It was well under 200 a couple weeks ago. And then another another surprise, and just a few weeks ago, uh, you know, you wouldn't have said this at all. Was Austin Riley? Austin Riley has the uh, has a 289. Um, uh, batting average and uh, he's just not a guy that I see being a 300 hitter ever in his career <laughs> you know 220 230 uh, and then maybe maybe hit 25 or 30 home runs I think that's an excellent season for Riley but right now he's hitting 289 he's hit three home runs he had zero home runs a couple weeks ago um, and so uh, Austin Riley's starting to hit the ball really well and uh, you know he just needs to continue to grow he's still so young but he's so strong he plays an excellent defensive third base and I'd love to see him continue. Uh, but to me, even with Acuna's uh, fantastic start, uh, you know, I would say the story of the offensive side of, of the Braves baseball team is 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 the big panda, Pablo Sandoval. Uh, he has a two ninety um, batting average. He has four of ten, or he, he has four home runs and and ten RBIs, and mostly pinch hitting situations. Two of those were game winners. And so Pablo has just been a, a huge uh, fan favorite in Atlanta this year. I didn't think he'd make the team honestly and he is he's not only made the team but he has done some excellent work off the bench uh, there for uh, the bravos um, turning the page on to uh, our message for the week, uh, you know, we've been talking uh, in youth group about pivotal moments in a teenager's life. And last week I talked about, you know, a pivotal moment in, 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 in the disciples' lives in the Bible was when they encountered Jesus. And were they going to follow Jesus? Were they going to uh, walk away from everything they knew to follow Jesus? Uh, last night, my friend Matt Williams, who's been on the show before, talked about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and him choosing to go to the cross for our sins and certainly that was a pivotal moment in human history but if you get even if you zoom in even closer that event in of itself is a pivotal moment in our life uh, because just like the disciples had to decide if they're going to follow Jesus when we're when we are faced with the story of Christ and his crucifixion him choosing to go to the cross for my sins then then we're faced with uh, not only am I going to follow Jesus, but am I going to, to surrender everything to Jesus? Am I going to give him control of my life? Am I going to allow him to take on my sin uh, onto on, on his shoulders on the cross that day? Or am I, am I going to keep all that? So many people walk around and they try to keep all that. And they say, no, I want to handle this myself. But the truth is we can't. 
We can't handle our sin ourselves. We have no answer for it. You can't be good enough uh, to overcome your sins. You just can't. Uh, that's not how uh, the balance will always be uh, a negative balance against you because our sin is so weighty. Our sin is so heavy. Um, we can't do enough good things, and then we'll always ultimately go, we'll sin again. And so then you have to, to if, you, if you're trying to balance the scales, then you're trying to balance that out. And it's just impossible. And so when, we're, when we look at the story of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane, in the story of Christ going to the cross for my sins and your sins, what a powerful thing to be faced with. What are you going to do with Christ? What are you going to do with the sin in your life? Are you going to turn it over to Him? Are you going to cry out for forgiveness to Him or not? And that's that's really what it comes down to, is are you uh, going to keep your hands on the steering wheel, or are you going to turn that over to Jesus? I, I highly encourage you, turn it over to Jesus. Allow Him to save you from your sins. Um, the Bible says that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, um, if we'll just call out to Him. And so I encourage you to do that today. That is the message. And as much as we love sports, as much as we love the Braves, as much as we love these other things we're about to talk about, nothing is more important than that message right there. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and he wants to forgive you of your sins today. Amen and amen. Moving ahead, uh, Tennessee football. The home opener has been moved uh, from Saturday, September the 4th to Thursday night, September the 2nd. I think if I saw this correctly, it will be the first college football game of the season. So it will be a huge national audience tuning in saying, give us some football, give us some football. Uh, And it will be in Neyland Stadium. It's going to be against Bowling Green. Uh, The last time Tennessee opened up on a Thursday night wasn't too long ago. It was 2016 against Austin uh, against Appalachian State. If you if you remember that game coming into that season, uh, Josh Dobbs was coming back for his his senior year. Uh, Derek Barnett was still there. Uh, we had some real key pieces, and if you remember, uh, it took us, I believe, to overtime and uh, to win that game. And everybody's going, "What in the world?" We find out later that basically Butch Jones, when he had he had he had fired or lost his head strength and conditioning guy, he hired one of one of his number two guys, number three guys to take over the program, and he basically just let the players run the workout program. And so what we saw that night, I remember sitting up in the upper upper level with Patrick Key and uh, Patty and I just couldn't believe what we were seeing because Appy State was just pushing us all over the field all night long. And we thought, what is going on here? Because we, we really expected to compete for the SEC championship that year, at least the East. We really expected to win the East. Um and we almost did, in spite of some really bad things going on in that program. Uh, but we just got pushed around by Appy State that night. So uh, that that's the, the, the thing that's burned into my memory about opening up on Thursday night. Uh, we'll see. I think uh, Bowling Green, uh, often, uh, they are a formidable opponent. Of course, an SEC team should always beat a Bowling Green. Uh, I'm just not sure where this Tennessee football program is. And so that'll be a good litmus test that Thursday night, September 2nd. We're going to know a whole lot more about our program after that. Uh, that that game really could be 54 to, to 50. I mean, it really could. Bowling Green's always scored a lot of points. I have no idea who their head coach is right now and if he's a if he's an offensive guy or not. But um, 
I don't think Tennessee's defense can be very good at all, and uh, so hopefully the offense can get rolling and get it done. Um, uh, Tennessee did add another portal transfer uh, uh, member. I, I made a comment about it last weekend. I couldn't pull the guy's name off the top of my head, but it is a defensive lineman from Kansas. His name is Dejon Terry. Uh, he, he's got four years left to play, so he's a young guy. He's got a neat story. He didn't start playing football until he was like a, a – a junior in high school. He'd been a basketball man, very athletic, very big, but he kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, wasn't really recruited by many schools. Uh, Les Miles uh, recruited him to Kansas. Of course, Les was relieved of his duties not too long ago. And, um, Mr. Terry entered the portal, and uh, I think Rodney Garner is really excited to have him on his defensive line. Rodney's trying his best to patch together a decent defensive line. We've got bodies. We've got some older bodies in that situation, in, in, in that position. Uh, I'm just not sure we have any talented bodies. And so he's doing his best to try to bring in some, some guys that can make a difference at minimum, that can eat up some space to let some of our, our outside linebackers work and rush the quarterback and do their thing. Uh, so he's, he's – I, I, Rodney Garner, if you don't know who that is, he is one of the best defensive line co- coaches in, in the country. He coached for Coach Fulmer back in the 90s. Um, he's an excellent, excellent recruiter. He's just not a guy in recruiting you want to go up against because uh, he gets his guy more times than not. So we'll see about the defensive line. They're probably a year away from being any good at all, but he's doing his best to piece it together. If you take a step back in the defense and look at the next line of defense, you get in the linebackers, uh, that, that is a concerning, concerning uh, position. Even with the transfer we got from Texas, and I expect him to be a player. He'll start. He'll make a lot of tackles. Uh, but, but that is just, uh, uh, if you are a if you're playing Madden football or, or a baseball game on, on the PlayStation, uh, your play or your position would be considered critical right now if you're Tennessee. Um, so uh, linebackers is concerning in terms of that overall defense. The defensive backs are going to be the strength of the defense. Um I don't think that's saying much, honestly. I, I don't. They've got. They're. They're going to be the strength because again, they've got some guys that were highly recruited out of high school that have been in the program now for three or four years. Guys like Alante Taylor. Um, we'll see. I'm not sure they've got any NFL guys back there, and that that's worrisome because um, in the SEC, I mean, you're playing against. Uh, NFL receivers every weekend. You're playing against NFL running backs every weekend. So your secondary better be NFL guys as well. And so while they are an older group uh, who's had a lot of playing time over the years, uh, you know, I'm just not sure. Uh, They're certainly the most experienced group coming back. Uh, and, and I would say they're the strongest group coming back, but again, that defense is just going to be so bad, so porous. Um, so we'll see, but a little bit of news out of Knoxville there. Um, turning the page uh, to our last page today is into local sports. Uh, congratulations to the Bradley Central High School Bears uh, winning the district baseball tournament. They won 6-5 to five in 11 innings over McMahon County. Now, if you don't know, McMahon County's got four pitchers that are all signed to Division One scholarships, so those guys can pitch. They don't really have any hitting, uh, but uh, in many games this year in the district, they haven't needed it 
because their pictures are just so good. Um, congratulations to my nephew, Daniel Cox. Uh, Daniel's been on the program once or twice. Um, loves sports. Uh, great guy. And uh, he hit his first high school uh, baseball home run the other night in the district championship. So uh, timely, timely hitting. If you're going to pick a spot to hit your first one, why not be in the district championship? It's a two-run blast, and it was a blast. It was He leveled off on it. That ball didn't get very high at all, and it zoomed out of Udawal High School where the district tournament was being played. So congratulations to the Bears. Congratulations also to Daniel, who that very night, while he was on the field, he won the Principal's Award um, at Bradley High School. So uh, I told him on the phone uh, that night or the next day, it's probably a day you'll never forget. You know, you have those days in your life. There's, you know, a handful of days in your life that you just will always be able to draw on and remember. I think that'll be one of his for him. Uh, the Bears will now host Warren County on Monday night um, at Bradley Bradley High School. Uh, Warren County's uh, coming in. Both teams out of that other district had pretty solid records, so they, they'll be tough teams for Bradley. McMahon will travel to Middle Tennessee to play Cookville, I believe. Uh and so uh, good luck to them. Uh, Walker Valley softball had a, has had a fantastic season. They finished their season last night 26-10 and 10 overall. Great season, ladies. They finished third place in the district with a loss to, uh, to Soddy Daisy, 13-2. Soddy Daisy and East Hamilton will play uh, tonight for the district championship. And those two, two teams are just really, really good. Um, there, there's a lot of my, my daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, is in, in the softball world now, travel, softball, all that stuff. Uh, there's a lot of softball talent in Chattanooga. And so uh, for those two teams to be uh, head and shoulders above everybody else right now is probably not too surprising. But, man, the Walker Valley softball program is impressive, uh, and, and I'm just so uh, so impressed with them over the years. Congratulations to Lauren and all the ladies up there that run that program. You do an excellent job. And then finally, uh, Cleveland High School soccer is in the district finals tonight. They are the one seed. They'll be playing the two seed against uh, the Utawa Owls. Uh, uh, and so good luck to the, the, the Raiders so, uh, soccer team. I uh, hope you guys can win that, that contest and be uh, bring another district championship to our area. With that, that is our show for the day. 21 minutes, 36 seconds uh, of, of your day. I hope it was uh, enlightening to you about what's going on in the world of sports, the things we care about in Southeast Tennessee, and most importantly, the thing that's most important, and that's Jesus Christ. So if you don't care... Um, uh, you can find our, our podcast out there a lot of different places. Well, I try to always post it on Facebook and, 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 and Twitter and then try to get it out there as much as I can. So if you don't care to, to share that on social media, tell your friends about us. Um, you guys that have listened long enough now, you know our, our premise behind this. Let's talk sports that we all love, but in the midst of that, let's also talk about Jesus. And so when you share that or when you tell somebody about our podcast, they may hear the message of Jesus for the very first time or they may hear it. Uh, for the eighth or ninth time, which a lot of uh, a, a lot of really smart people will tell us, it takes eight or nine encounters with the message of Jesus before someone will say yes to it. So maybe it's maybe it's the eighth time they hear the message of Jesus and they say, "Wow, a sports podcast!" And now I got to do something with Jesus. And what a, what a phenomenal thing that would be. Uh, so this is this is a labor of love. Um, you know, uh, we're happy to do it. Uh, look look forward to having Cam back soon. Having having Matt on the show again. Maybe getting Daniel back. Back in here after after baseball, um, 
the Pinky Boys, uh, Noah, need you guys in here. At some point, uh, I'm, I'm going to put together a show. I'm going to have a roundtable show on youth sports. We did that last fall with uh, Heath Esslinger, and it was our highest rated show of all time. And so this time I want to get a roundtable of people, of, of, of five or six people that are all about youth sports, um, to talk about talk about those things so that'll be coming down the pipeline sometime i may i may actually record that sometime this summer and launch it in the fall when kids get back into sports but looking forward to that uh most of the people i would want to be on that show are like me they're super super busy uh, with their youth sports right now so i may have to find a better window to do that um i'm looking forward to uh, the next few weeks uh we are going to take off for the summer uh just to kind of get our bearings a little bit um of course with summer things we'll have i'll have camps and youth ministries and mission projects um Cam's going to be welcoming a baby into his life, so that'll be a big change for him. Uh, and we'll take a few weeks off in the summer and get back to it and come August or so once sports kind of cranks back up. We get a little bit closer to college football, uh, but that's a few weeks away. We'll still have a few more shows before then and before we, we, we finish up our second season on the sports message. And uh, uh, we'll look forward to all of that. With that, I say thank you for joining us. Uh, have a blessed day, uh, and we're just so happy you tuned in to The Sports Message message.